Like Derek yeah. Jeter, yeah. All right. Joining us now is an old friend of both of ours, and he's the former Baltimore Sun columnist for a long time and now an author uh, extraordinaire, and that is Kevin Coward. His book, When the Crowd Didn't Roar, a Nebraska Press publication, has been out for about, what, about six weeks now, uh, Kevin? Yeah, about two months, Dan, about two months. How is the book uh, being received? I know I read a blurb that it's in the New York Times uh, top something. I, I forget what it was. And before you, well, answer, before you answer that, what did you think of Stan saying you were an old friend? Uh, I wasn't happy with that. I, yeah. um, uh, you know, he's right, of course. Well, but, he is. Uh, that doesn't, doesn't make it any easier to hear. Um, yeah. No, uh, listen, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I've known you guys a long time. Appreciate you having me on. Um, Stan, to answer your question, yeah, the the book was uh, just listed uh, uh, in the New York Times uh, uh, summer reading issue, right? And it's one of only seventy five books in there, and one of yeah. only five sports books. So we, we applaud uh, you for that. That's really terrific. Really happy with that. Thanks. Hey, hey I know the book's getting tremendous uh, uh, interest and and uh, and popularity. the The title, "When the Crowd Didn't Roar," I'm fine with that. And I'm not saying Kevin Coward came up with this. The subtitle, How Baseball's Strangest Game Ever Gave a Broken City Hope. Do you think that really holds up four years after the event, that that game sort of gave the city hope? Well, let me explain uh, how we came up with that subtitle, uh, Stan. So the, the hope that I'm referring to is fleeting, but it occurred at the end of that day that the uh, – the Orioles played the White Sox and locked down Camden Yards. Right. And at the end of that day, there was this sense in the city. This was two days. The unrest was over. There was a sense that the worst of the unrest was over and that th- that the city was not irretrievably broken from okay. the Freddie Gray riots. Okay. And also that maybe things from this point on would get better. Well, we know that four years later, as I think you're alluding to, yeah. We're really not in a better place in the city, and in fact, uh, we've kind of gone downhill since that uh, awful time in April of 2015. So that's the, you know, when you write these books, you you come up with the title, and then, you know, uh, the book doesn't come out for a couple years, and things change. Mm -hmm. But that was the hope that I was referring to, and I think if you go back to that time, you'll see that there was hope in the city at that point. Excellent explanation. Uh, let me ask you this, Kevin. We'll actually tell you a story a little bit. I, I did an interview for a show that I was doing on 106.7, uh, The Fan, on Memorial Day uh, down in D.C. And the day before I did the show, I talked to Adam Eaton for about 15 minutes, who obviously was with the White Sox then, played in that game. And, yep. I, ga- and I gave him a copy of your book. And uh, he told me he was going to take it on the next road trip and, and, and read it. And he says, I remember vivid memories of it. What I think was probably the worst day in the history of Major League Baseball. And then he went on to say about how the games were canceled the first two nights there. And then they finally got to play that game with yep. no one in the stands. And he said, but, you know, from our hotel room, he said you could, you know, he says it was an awful experience from the standpoint of you could – either walk outside the hotel or open the windows. He said you could still smell the cars burning, you know. Oh, yeah. And yeah, things yeah. of that nature. He says it was a really scary time. And uh, uh, Adam Adam just said, he said something I never want to ever have to go through again. 
Yeah, it, it was. It was a frightening time for, in the city, frightening time for the Chicago White Sox, Heisty. And you'll remember that they, the White Sox had come into town the Sunday night before that the, the start of this three-game series. So right. it was the Sunday night before the Freddie Gray unrest. And they were uh, put up in their you know hotel, in, in the Hilton Hotel, right across the street from uh, the ballpark. And they were basically cooped up there for three days watching on TV as the city exploded and the violence uh, erupted. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Adam Eaton. Unfortunately, uh, I, I reached out to the Nationals, uh, uh, and uh, he would not, uh, he didn't want to cooperate on this book. But, but I do uh, talk about Adam Eaton's reactions to many things in the book um, via the uh, Chicago sports writers. It was a tough time for him. Tough time for for the White Sox and and not a fun game that any anyone either on the Orioles or the White Sox enjoyed. Um, you know the city was just too tense, and as you pointed out, you know you got the you got National Guard troops in the streets. You've got the smell of burning cars, and and uh, you've got shattered glass all over the streets. Not a fun time. It was it was one of the weirdest times that I've ever covered anything. Uh, and and what made it even weirder, I guess, is the fact that in the eighth inning, they are telling us that the media cannot leave the stadium, you know, and and walk toward the inner harbor, right, where where the two pavilions are, and then about I don't know, bottom of the ninth inning or so, they had said that everything was okay. You could go ahead and do that again. So for Better part of half, about, yeah. no, better part of a half hour to an hour. You know, we couldn't leave the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wait a second, Heisey. Are you talking about the uh, you talking about the no fans game? The no fans game. Yeah. No, you're okay, talking about you. You meant the the Saturday night. Like yeah. Three days oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Saturday night game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what you're talking about. Of course, they played the the Red Sox that evening. Right. And yeah, um, the uh, demonstrators had uh, descended on Camden Yards, and there had been some violence, some some pushing and shoving and fist fighting with the patrons outside of the bars that that are outside Camden Yards. So very tense situation that night. And uh, you know, uh, the demonstrators ultimately left as the Red Sox and the Orioles were playing. But then around 10 o'clock at night, uh, the police were getting in, uh, information that suggested the demonstrators who were over at, at Harbor Place were now coming back to the ballpark. And that's when this incident that you're talking about yeah. took place. Uh, the police decided, hey, we can't, we can't uh, open the gates. We can't have people, uh, you know, patrons here at the uh, ballpark uh, getting, going outside. And be when put at risk. Demonstrators yeah. Yeah. There. yeah. So that's when they flashed up uh, on the scoreboard, guys. That's when they flashed up a warning and said, uh, you know, please stay inside for your safety. And they didn't let the fans out and they didn't, didn't let the media out, didn't let anybody out for about 40 minutes until that game was over. Then a light rain began to fall, Heisty. I don't know if you remember that. And that light rain sort of took the, de- you know, the, that kind of fizzled out the crowd at the demonstration. And as soon as that was over, the uh, police decided that the fans at Camden Yards could, could leave the ballpark. We're talking with Kevin Coward. The book is When the Crowd Didn't Roar, How Baseball's Strangest Game Ever Gave a Broken City Hope. Uh, I want you to give a little plug out to Nebraska Press. More and more, I see the most interesting sports books ending up with Nebraska Press. What is their mission and why, why do they think sports books still have a, a big market? 
Well, uh, they, they publish a ton of books a year. I think it's 150 books a year, Stan. Um, they're a terrific outfit. Uh, they, they do do a lot of sports books, and even more so, they do a ton of baseball books. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, they have great editors there. I, uh, my editor is a fellow named Rob Taylor, who really appreciates uh, good sports writing. Right. He's a big sports fan. He's a member of Sabre, uh-huh. uh, the, the uh, Sabermetrics uh, uh, outfit. So they just, um, they, they, it's, it's not that they gravitate to baseball books or sports books, but it's one of their strengths for sure. And as I said, they put out so many titles every year, and so many of them are baseball-oriented books. So there's there's still an outfit that appreciates that. Before we move forward with questioning you a little bit about the book, tell us what what you've got in store. Father's Day is next weekend. Uh, do you have any signings coming up prior to that or just after that? Yeah, well, I mean, we've done so many so far, done a lot of media stuff so far. The uh, next signing is at the Rosedale Library, fellas. Um, and I don't have the date in front of me, Craig, but uh, by the time Craig, we get off... Craig and I have been barred from libraries. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, we, well, we, yeah, we, we, yeah we, but that, for me, started in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, listen, if I saw you guys coming, I'd be calling security, it's too. Security, but, uh, security. No, the next uh, next signing is at Rosedale Library, okay. Baltimore Branch, uh, uh, Rosedale Branch, Baltimore uh, County Library, two to three fellas on Sunday, uh, June thirtieth. So that's the next signing. Okay, sounds good. Craig, a final question or two? For no, you? I just, I what is the reaction that you've gotten uh, all overall from just people you run into, and I think sometimes that's maybe the the best way for you to get a gauge on just how good the book is. Well, I, look, it, I, I got to tell you, I mean, <laughs> the overwhelming response has been positive. But, you know, fellas, there are a lot of people in the city, uh, a lot of African-Americans uh, in, uh, who uh, were in West Baltimore, uh, grew up in West Baltimore, live in West Baltimore. A lot of those folks felt this game should not have been played, even behind locked gates at mm. Camden Yards. So I'm not going to tell you that everybody uh, is raving about this book. And there are a lot of people who felt the game shouldn't have been played and probably are not uh, thrilled with this book. But, but I have to say that the response has overwhelmingly been positive. It's, it's when I go on radio and, and do uh, call-in shows and everything that you'll get a caller or two who says, look, at this game should have never been played, and we feel that the game was a slap in the face. Even playing it you know, behind locked gates, Freeing up those policemen to go to West Baltimore to sort of keep the uh, the peace up there. A lot of people weren't happy with the decision to play that game. So, uh, again, overwhelmingly positive response, but certainly there are people who felt the game shouldn't have been played and probably feel the book shouldn't have been written to. Kevin, you've, in your post-Baltimore Sun career, you had a fascinating career. You've written those children's books with Cal Ripken. You did the Ed Hale book and a few others right now that aren't coming to mind. This seems like the most interesting project to me that you've had, and I'm sure each one of them uh, holds a special place for you. But tell our listeners before we let you go how this came to you to be the guy to write this. Do you think there was a lot of competition of people wanting to jump on this and you jumped in first, or did somebody come to you uh, and say, hey, you should be the guy to do this? You know, Stan, uh, it's a great question. I started thinking about this book about six months after that incredibly surreal game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I thought, uh, and I've said this in all my speaking engagements and all, all the media stuff, 
I thought there would be people, writers, parachuting in from all over the country mm-hmm. to do this. I was shocked that I was the only guy doing it. Um, and, and, and by the way, guys, I have to give a shout-out to the Orioles. If the Orioles hadn't given me the access that they did, yeah. if John Angelos, all the way down from John Angelos, uh, hadn't hadn't cooperated with me, I could have never pulled this off. But uh, no, I mean, I started thinking about the book immediately, and uh, and again, shocked that uh, I was the only guy doing this. All right. Well, we appreciate it. We urge folks that are either watching on Facebook Live or listening on pressboxonline.com slash radio, if you're looking for a great Father's Day gift, this is the book. And if you just want a good book to read when you go away to the beach this summer, When the Crowd Didn't Roar, Kevin Coward's new book on Nebraska Press. Kevin, thank you very much for joining us. And again, the date of that signing at uh, Rosedale Library. June 30th uh, from 2 to 3 at the Rosedale Library in Rosedale. All right. Thank you, Kevin. All right, fellas. Thanks a lot. All right.